Welcome to the Big MX Radio Podcast brought to you by Medterra CBD. You can go to medterracbd.com and enter discount code BIGMXRADIO15 to save 15% off every single one of your purchases. This episode is also brought to you by Guts Racing, gutsracing.com. Your one-stop shop for everything you need to make sure that uh, when you're spending some much-needed seat time, it's that much more comfortable. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt, with us on the line, making his sixth appearance on the Big MX Radio podcast. We called him up after his very first Supercross win in the 250s. He's uh, since uh, he's, he's got himself some championships, uh, won a Supercross. We didn't chat with him after that, but we got a, we had to wait until he won his first national on a 450, uh, very impressive ride this last weekend at uh, Loretta Lynn's, a place that he had enjoyed a lot of success on as an amateur, and uh, he's heading back there right now on his way to the airport. Zach Osborne, the number 16 machine, how's it going? Yeah, do- doing good, dude. What about you? Hey, dude, awesome. Uh, I myself also got my first win this summer. Pretty excited about that. I've only been racing for 20 years, so yeah, you and I are, are pretty much on the same high. I like it. Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, plus 25 B class. Who'd have thought? But uh, let's talk about uh, your ride this last weekend. Uh, familiar confines to a point. Uh, Loretta Lynn's, you hadn't been there in quite some time. I imagine maybe you'd gone back as like a um, as a guest or, or as a spectator at some point just to kind of go back to the ranch to hang out. Um, but uh, back there, um, some muddy conditions, but technical conditions. I think that's something that sort of plays into your strengths. Tell me about the weekend. Yeah, it was good. I um, The last time I raced at Loretta's was 2005, so it's been like 15 years since I raced yeah. there. And then uh, I think I went back once in 2013 just to hang out and and uh, watch some racing. But other than that, I've been, I haven't been in a long time, so it was cool to go back. The place hasn't changed a single bit since the day I left, I feel like. So um, it was good, you know, to go there and just kind of enjoy the same same old spot. No doubt. Well, that's one of the questions I sort of had for you is how much has it really changed? I myself have never qualified for the event, much less gone there to uh, to, to go there and watch. Um, like as far as obstacles, the, the soil conditions somewhat similar. Of course, having raced there a ton, you probably saw uh, hard pack, dry, mud, everything in between, uh, which basically is what you guys had this last weekend. Um, like you must have felt comfortable right away. Yeah, I was I was stoked on it. I mean, I knew it was going to be a techie track after the rain came on Friday afternoon, and um, they had already opened it up quite a bit, so I knew it was going to going to shape up pretty techy, and I knew it was going to be quite good if, as long as we didn't get any more rain, you know. So it was uh, it was I thought a great racetrack. I mean, uh, like you said, it kind of plays to my hand a little bit, but at the same time, I, I really enjoy just riding in those conditions, even even not when it's for you know for a race or whatever. Absolutely. Solid qualifying, third fastest. That's got to give you some confidence rolling in. Um, but decent starts both motos. In fact, even better in the second moto. Uh, ninth around the first lap off, off the first moto, move forward. Uh, you end up second place. And then uh, when you're in second after the first lap in the second moto, uh, after moving forward in the first moto, you, you almost like, you got to feel at that point, like, it's kind of my day. Yeah, I, you know, my start in the first one could have been better. It was yep. I was maybe sixth or seventh going into the second turn, but um, I got smashed a little bit before the Ten Commandments, and that cost me two or three spots. So that was I was kind of freaking out a little bit because um, it it wasn't hard to pass there, but it was hard to just like make it stick, you know. Um, yeah. So I was a little nervous after the start, but 
uh, to come up the second was really good, and then the second one to pull a whole shot and just, um, you know, be in a good position straight away. I, I felt like I was kind of in control of my own destiny. For sure. Like, I really feel like uh, the the start, it wasn't exactly the dependent on the, the first turn start, but, like, the first lap really sort of played out the way the rest of the race was going to, like, sort of... Uh, uh, shake out because like when you get to the the Ten Commandments, if you're behind a bunch of guys, it sort of bottles up. Whereas the guys in front can kind of just start to leap away and, and make up a lot of ground on that first lap, establish themselves, get that clean air, and get going. Is that something you enjoyed in the in the second moto? Yeah, definitely in the second moto. But it was one of those tracks where you know a thin place start, you could lose ten seconds to the leader on the first lap. You know, it's yeah. just tough like that and you had to be careful and that's kind of why I was freaking out because I, I knew that I would have the pace but I you know it doesn't matter how much pace you have if you're 15 seconds down on the first lap it's it's a you know a waste so um that's why I was really I really really was focused on the start and the second one to get out front and try to give myself some running room and and be you know out of trouble right off the bat no doubt. Well, uh, congratulations on the win, man. That that's got to feel good uh, for you, having won basically uh, in in all disciplines uh, in North America and also won a GP. Um, that's checking off as many boxes as you possibly can in the sport of motocross. Uh, really, all that's left is uh, is an outdoor championship on the four fifties and uh, an indoors as well. But uh, I, we're, we're moving in the right direction, it seems. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's a cool stat. Um, it's something that I was really pumped on, really pumped to be able to complete in my career. Um, and obviously now, you know, I need to work on the, on the championships, but <laughs> at the same time, it's uh, step by step. And I've, I feel really good about just, you know, completing the, that stat and also, you know, the rest of this motocross series as well. For sure. Uh, like, I imagine that this week was spent uh, recovering, a little bit of riding, and then also some reflection on uh, like where you're at now and where you've come from. That, that's that's got to be a huge uh, boost of confidence rolling into the rest of the series. It'd be a short one, and uh, with a seven-point lead rolling into the second round uh, at a place where you've actually had some recent success, um, that's got to feel good. Yeah, I'm stoked. I'm, I, um, you know, I'm bummed that Washougal is canceled, but at the same time, for me, it's a really good situation to be going back to the same track. And you know, my bike was really good over the weekend, and um, I dealt with the track. So for me, it's it's a, a really good position to be in with um, not going to Washougal and going back to Loretta. For sure, and like I, I know we I've heard in other interviews, you sort of talk about uh, sticking with 2019 settings taking that as your base and then moving forward, even though uh, Brent, like a, it's a new race bike every single year, you want to have something that's more familiar to you and then move forward, make improvements steadily throughout the season. Um, where did you adopt that from? Is that something that somebody else was doing that you sort of picked up or is that just something that you've always done? Um, it it, it kind of started at the end of 2016. I was just really comfortable on my bike and better I know the bike and the better the more hours that I have on it the the more consistent I can be um with the bike and the better I can make adjustments from that you know from that platform so that's kind of where it started and then obviously 17 was really successful and then I did the same thing for 18 and that was really successful and so um now that I've got some some stuff that I'm really comfortable with on the horse I'm just kind of keeping going and um putting in my hours during the week with the same thing that I've been on for a couple of years now and, and just trying to build on it every week. 
No doubt. You're moving in the right direction with that bike. It seems like, to me, uh, comfortability is something that really uh, boosts your uh, your race day feel. And, and honestly, I think part of that also uh, comes to working with a, a mechanic like Dave Feeney. As far as I know, you guys are still working together. Every time I talk to Dave, I wouldn't say he has a monotone, but like his highs are like probably like his high is like a seven and his low is like a six. Like he's just sort of even keel. He, he just like very, very professional, always uh, has the bike the way it needs to be. And uh, that's got to be a feather in your cap, like just one last thing to even sort of remotely worry about. Yeah, I mean, comfort is kind of everything when you're on the razor's edge of of the tip top of the mountain. You know, um, with Dave on the bike, it's you know it's always exactly what it needs to be, like you said. And and I'm comfortable with him. He's comfortable with me. We know each other really well now after six six years of working together. So yeah, um, that's a huge part of it. But it's. Uh, it's all about comfort really you know the comfort at the front is you know not a matter of milliseconds it's a matter of of big seconds one two three seconds when you're really comfortable compared to when you're just kind of comfortable you know so that's what it's all about really at this point fair enough well um staying on the, this around the same uh, topic of comfortability something that is is basically kind of a uh, a wrench thrown into the program throughout this uh, summer slash fall series um, is the the omission of a lot of fans at these at the races. Some of the fans, the races will have no fans whatsoever, other than uh, the people who are racing uh, the local race day. I imagine autograph lines or, or autograph sessions are non-existent, which probably actually uh, frees up your day a little bit. Um, but like everything from having to wear a mask uh going into different uh like in the bubbles or, or in the pits and stuff like that those are stuff that you're not quite used to all the time uh what kind of adjustments have you made uh not only like during the week and stuff like that uh um just keep keeping yourself as, as safe and healthy as possible and then also on race day uh during the week it's not really any different um florida's pretty open and you know there's not a lot of restriction at the moment so uh, the week's pretty pretty basic, but obviously with uh, the the mandatory mask guns that they've put in place the race, you know you have to wear a mask, and um, they're pretty tight with it. So uh, with that being said, it's just going there and and kind of obeying the rules to continue racing and just doing doing our best to make that happen for the powers that be and and kind of pacifying their needs. Fair enough. And I know uh, having your family at the races is something that you really, truly enjoy. Uh, I'd imagine this summer that's probably going to be um, less uh, happening just on the safety side of things with travel and all that and the, the virus going around. Um, is, is it safe to say that uh, your wife and kids probably will, will not be at as many races uh, this weekend? I, I'm not sure if they were there this weekend to watch your big win, but uh, hopefully they call it, caught it on NBC. Yeah, they're, they're not going as often at the moment. They're both a little bit just over-travel. Um, my little guy likes to be outside a lot. He's yep. pretty rambunctious, so um, he's not. Oh, I think we lost you. I think we lost Zach Osborne. That's not good. We lost him. I have to call him back, possibly. Uh... Yo, can you hear me? Yeah, I, I got you. It's that damn Canadian internet, man, I tell you. 
I was like, what happened? I had no clue what happened. No, yeah, you were. You said your kid was at rambunctious, and then uh, the cell phone gods just like threw you off into space. Gone. Yeah, no, you you were gone for a second there. Now you're back, hundred <laughs> percent. Awesome. All right. Yeah. So uh, you good? Yeah, I'm hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. So you know, at this point, we're just trying to um, make the best decisions for them and what you know what they want to do and. Um, right now they're not going uh they didn't go last weekend or this weekend but they'll go to the red buds i think and maybe a couple of other races once we start heading west fair enough fair enough so how long before your little guy uh has a state sick uh i imagine like full full amateur program mini dad you're back at the ranch what three years from now uh shaft drive class what what's that gonna look like <laughs> hopefully a long time he has a state sick but Okay. Um, he's not not super keen. He likes riding his bicycle and that kind of stuff, but he's not really that into the safety yet. So I'm just le- leaving it in the garage until he's ready or whatever. How, how did it work for you? Like uh, some sometimes it's it's the dad's idea to like just take it super serious. Sometimes it's the kid that's driving the boat. Um, like how, how what was your interest and passion level to uh, to advance your racing career? Of course, for those who don't know. Uh, amateur phenom and as well as someone who developed motorcycles um in fact a lot of what the uh mid-2000s ktm 85 was was uh thanks to your development work yeah i mean um i was i was enthusiastic and passionate you know at a young age um not not really until i was sort of eight though or nine did i you know was i really that keen on racing or whatever so um i'll just let him take it at his pace and if he wants to ride then he can ride if not then i'm not not going to push it or force it by any means fair enough fair enough so uh yeah i think that's the right approach man i uh my dad bought me a bike when i was nine years old said i was playing road hockey at the time thought i was going to the nhl i did not end up going to the nhl and dirt bikes (laughs) turned out to be a much better decision um for like like throughout this last week obviously there's a a few different a few new faces at the race including uh one of the 250 rookies styles robertson when you see styles obviously he's on the 250 team you don't see those guys a ton during the day uh but when you see him throughout the weekend do you like kind of remember back to uh your first nationals a little bit is that like sort of like a kind of a blast from the past um a reminder of kind of where it all came from as well as uh just a little bit like some memories about that day because that was a pretty cool race yeah, I mean, it's cool to see Styles come through and, and, you know, all the amateur kids. I think there's a much better, um, let's say, protocol in place now for, like, what it takes to be a professional and how the training and stuff looks, which is, is cool for me to see because that's where I really, really struggled in the beginning of my career. So um, to see those guys come through and, and have some mild success is, is really cool. I think Styles has a lot of potential and he'll be good for a long, long time. You know, I don't think the race last weekend went to the way he expected or wanted and not really had the way I expected it to go for him either. You know, he's a really good rider and he's on a good program and, and I think he's going to turn it around here this weekend. Absolutely. Maybe a, a dark horse fantasy pick for those who play. Um, if for, Forgive me if, I, for, if I've forgotten. Did you turn pro on a 125 or a 250? Uh, 250... Uh, in 2006 so yeah like, okay they, the first year of the 250 for ktm if i'm not mistaken yeah pretty those much uh, i think yeah. they raced it in 05 in europe and then 06 in in america but yeah okay uh, not not too deep into the 250 life 
No kidding. Because you hadn't, like, you were still a pretty small guy. You're not exactly a giant at this point either. But, uh, like, like, how long did you spend on 125s before you were racing for, uh, 250Fs? Um, I, ra- I rode a, a 125 most of 04 and then all of 05. And then uh, at the end of 05, I started riding, like, the A class and um, moved up to the 250F. And then also that time, two two stroke because the 450 was just, like, way out of my league as far as my size so I rode the two, two stroke and that was a, a really fun bike something I still really enjoy today fair enough do you ever like do you ever take like uh, styles across aside and be like look bro I started on a no link carbureted four stroke like <laughs> like you've got like basically you've got like a, a Cadillac compared to what you turned pro on yeah that, uh, they, they, I mean I don't even know if they can quite understand uh, what we had going on back in the day. No, that's wild, but uh, not cool, man. Um, so goals for the rest of the season. Obviously, uh, a, a win off, right off the hop definitely sets the bar rather high, definitely makes you a title contender for the rest of this season. What needs to happen for uh, Zach Osborne to be happy when uh, the, the final moto falls uh, at uh, Fox Raceway in about eight weeks' time? Um, I want to continue to contend for this title. You know, I think uh, race one was a really good start. And um, if I can keep my starts on point and just put myself in good positions, I think it's, it's possible for me to um, put some pressure on. So uh, I'm just going to take it week by week and, you know, go out there and try to defend my red plate every time that we hit the track. Fair enough, my friend. Well, uh, we definitely wish you the best of luck with that. Appreciate the time here on the Big MX Radio podcast for, like I said, the sixth time we've had you uh, as, a, as a guest here on the show. Always a great interview, always fun to chat. And, uh, yeah, like I said, wish you the best of luck this weekend, man. It's going to be another good one. And uh, based on uh, the, the weather that I was looking at, there's a good chance that it might be a little bit wet. Does that... Does that fall into your uh, your strengths a little bit? Are, are we are we happy about some some possibility of a uh, some thunder showers tomorrow, or is that put a rain on our parade? No, I'm I'm about it. I'm ready for some rain. I, I enjoy it. I hope it's exactly like it was last weekend. Perfect, no doubt. Well, uh, um, Zach Osborne rolling into this weekend, tons of confidence straight off of his first uh, outdoor win on a 450. Uh, Zach, do not hang up just yet. But for podcast sake, we're going to cut it off. Right there.